0: Welcome to Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller authors in conversation about female characters who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Lane Fargo, and I'm here with Kristen LaBianca. Hello. And Wendy Hurd. Hello. And today we have, well, several very special guests. Um, This episode is going to be a little Pitch Wars extravaganza. Uh, Pitch Wars is a mentoring program that is actually what brought... Wendy and Kristen and I all together, it's how we met, which we'll talk a little bit more about. But we are joined by Kelly Garrett, who is the Managing Director of Pitch Wars. Hi, Kelly. Hi, ladies. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you for being
2: here. Of course.
0: Yeah, so we were hoping you could just give us a little spiel. Tell us what Pitch Wars is all about for people who might not be familiar.
2: Uh, Sure. So Pitch Wars is, um, like you said, a mentoring program. It was started in, I think, 2012 by Brenda Drake. Um, and she got the idea while actually watching Cupcake Wars, of all things. Um, and the, I, I know, it's kind of weird. So the idea behind it is taking um, writers who are a bit more established in their careers, you know, do they have book deals or they have agents or, you know, they're um, publishing professionals and having them spend maybe up to two to four months uh, mentoring more emerging writers uh, authors who don't have agents yet and then you spend that two to four months you know helping them revise their manuscript um and then we it ends with an, an agent showcase where um agents from all over tr- get to read a 50-word pitch in a 250-word writing sample and if they'd like to read more they can request it so it all takes place on uh, the website which is pitch and uh, we're in the final, I guess, the final stages of Pitch Wars, and so our agent showcase will be February sixth through eleventh, and it's for um, it's for adult right people who write adult people who write uh, YA and people who write uh, middle grade.
0: It's such an amazing program, and I mean, I know it's changed my life more than I can Aww. even comprehend. Oh my gosh, uh, me you know too. what, Lane? You
2: were actually um, so I was a Pitch Wars mentee in twenty fourteen, and then I became a mentor in twenty fifteen. And Lane was actually the first person I requested to read. Oh, uh, yeah, and I remember I was talking with Marianne Marlowe, was another mentor, and I was like, I really want to request this one, and I was like, should I do it? It so Literally, it was like the same day I first got it, and I was like, should I do it? She's like, sure, make her day, do it. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So,
0: um, It did so, make my day.
3: Oh, good. <laughs> but I remember
0: my that was a project uh, prior to the one that's my debut. It was an earlier book, and the first chapter was like really short, which I thought was so clever. I was like, I'm going to have this really short chapter and grab them, and I remember you and your mentor message to me. You were like, is this the whole chapter or (laughs) like what's (laughs)
2: happening? Did you cut it? I obviously wanted to read more Elaine, okay?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it worked, I guess. It worked in that sense. Honestly, Um, I'd
2: I'd rather have a short chapter like I had a person, I probably shouldn't say this, I had a person last year who sent me 80, an 80 page chapter and I could rather have because you get for um when you submit to pitch words, you can submit um a query letter in your first chapter. And so uh, some chapters are short, like lanes and some I had one that was eighty pages last year. So. That That's is
1: just insane. too long as a chapter, like regardless as like a, of what you submit for a contest. It's too long for any first chapter ever in any context. It's not okay.
2: I really wondered if the person, because I think sometimes people try to be creative, and I was wondering if they were trying to be creative to get more, but I I honestly, I was like, I'm not, I think I was like one of my last ones I had to read, and I was like, there's no way I'm reading 80 pages. So I think I read (laughs) like maybe like 10 or 20, and I tried to give them (laughs) notes on that, but I was like, there's just, I just don't have it in me to read 80 pages.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, so Kelly was my mentor when I was a mentee in Pitch Wars, which was many years ago in 2015. (laughs) (laughs) And I credit Pitch Wars and Kelly personally for all of the writing success that I've had because my Pitch Wars book went on to become The Last Place You Look, um, which is my Seamus Award winning Roxanne Weary, Mystery Number One. So uh, Kelly was absolutely amazing in really showing me what to do to build actual suspense. I mean, I had this book written about all kinds of crimes and creepy stuff and like no story through the middle of it. And I didn't totally understand that until Kelly pointed it out and told me how to fix it. And that was just really absolute invaluable advice that I carry oh. with me as I continue to write more books in the series.
2: Well, Kristen was my uh, my first mentee, and I always say she set, she set the bar really high, and I've been very <laughs> lucky that I've always had amazing mentees, but um, she definitely set the bar. And I can just remember... Um, when I was reading her final draft of it, I was like, this book is so special and it's going to sell and it's going to, you know, go on to greatness. So um, I'm glad I was right. I knew it. So, um, you know,
0: but, you know, just you're just so amazing, Kristen. So
4: Aww,
2: I remember thank you. that year
0: because that was the year you requested mine and then didn't pick me. And I was like, you know, like a little bitter. Right. And then I read, <laughs> <laughs> I read Kristen's entry in the showcase. And as soon as I read that excerpt, I was like, oh, no, she chose the right person. This is
2: amazing. <laughs>
0: oh, no. You were definitely top five, Lane. It was, I think, Aww. I think it was,
2: you had maybe like a spec element maybe to it or it was like it taking place in like a, the future or near future or something. And I was just like, as much as I love this, that's just, I just know my wheelhouse and my wheelhouse is not that area, you know, so I don't want to to have, give you bad advice. So
0: yeah, I wrote thing. a dystopian novel when dystopian things were completely dead. So that's my <laughs> bad. <laughs> <laughs> I learned from all of that.
5: <laughs> I did too, cool. actually. And I, I submitted it to Pitch Wars, and it didn't make it in. Same no. exact thing. Well, <laughs> you didn't submit it to me, right? No, I okay, actually, I, I actually entered. Um, I tried to go do Pitch Wars three different times, and I didn't make it into any of them. That's just Wendy, by the way. Um, and even though I didn't quote unquote make it, or you know, get matched with a mentor, get selected by a mentor, it was so incredibly helpful just to go through that process. Right. And so I think that's something too, it's like, it's just, it's a great community to get involved yeah. with. You meet a lot of really yes. interesting people. The process is just like querying, it really yeah. trains you on querying. You learn a lot, You then you see the successful ones, compare them to your own. It's just a wonderful program.
2: I think, I think, I definitely think, especially that was one of Brenda's goals when she created Pitch Wars was to create a community, you know, because we do have, you know, a set amount of mentor or mentors and mentees. But, you know, I think when it comes to the whole community is probably 1000s of people at this point, mm-hmm. you know, and I kind of view pitch wars, as it's preparation for your career, you know, in publishing, and I hope everyone goes on to have these long careers where they have amazing agents and get their book published, you get another book published, but you know, there's certain skills that you have to learn, you know, you have to learn how to, like you said, like, have a good query, have a good, strong first chapter, but also how to take feedback. You have mm-hmm. to learn how to advocate for yourself as well. You know, um, you can't be afraid to talk to your agent. You can't be afraid to talk to your your editor. You know, you can't be afraid to talk to your publicist. You know, so having to deal with a mentor, you know, as someone who I think some people have stars in their eyes when they see their mentor or talk to their mentor, you know, but being able to kind of advocate for yourself with your mentor, you know, to learn how to edit, those things will help you in your career, hopefully for the rest of your life, as hopefully people publish, you know, for the rest of their lives, so.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And Pitch Wars is also really amazing at um, sort of giving opportunities to people who maybe, like, didn't get an MFA in creative writing and don't automatically know where to find other writers to form a community with and also yeah. in elevating diverse voices which is really huge so it's just a, a fantastic program for emerging writers overall
0: I agree <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so this year Wendy and Kristen and I are all mentors and that's kind Thank of what you <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of what brought us together um, like I had met Kristen and like talked to her online a little bit but Wendy and I really connected uh, during the submission period, we were like DMing back and forth about because we had a lot of the same submissions because our wish lists were almost freakishly similar, which I'm sure is <laughs> shocking to anyone who knows us that we like the same things.
5: <laughs> it was funny because I, I reached out to Lane. I was like, You don't know me, and I don't know you, but <laughs> I think we're the same person. So sh- sure. I feel like we should know each other.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it, it helps emerging writers and just brings people together in ways that. <laughs> you can't predict it's you know an incredible program
2: I think um, to me it's I think the community I think it's like a, it's a cliche that I think people who don't make it oh you're just saying that to make us feel better but I think that community is is the key you know and because I was a pitch wars mentee in 2014 myself and developed these really strong bonds with my co my fellow mentees that I still talk to to this day and it's been what five years later um, it, it makes me realize you have to seek out people who are, you know, um, going th- going through the same things you are, you know, because it helps because mm-hmm. publishing is such a, a brutal business. You know, I'm not going to yes. sugarcoat it. It's a very brutal business. And from trying to get an agent querying to trying to get your book published, being on sub to, you know, bad reviews. And so it always helps to have that person to kind of Kind of, you know, like who knows what you're going through, and can kind of be your psychologist when you need it, be your drill sergeant when you need it, whatever you need that they can be, and you can do the same thing for them. So, and I think that's the great thing about Pitch Wars is it it's a great community. So
0: it absolutely is. Um, I'm so glad to be a part of it, and I like it took me a couple times to get in as well. But even like those years when I wasn't chosen, I met a lot of amazing people right. who were mentees or just other people who'd applied and yeah it's changed my life in in so many ways and we thank you and brenda and everyone who's been involved in it um but well before we let you go kelly i was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your books which are amazing we were just talking before this that the only reason we haven't had you on this show to do a full interview yet is because your main characters are so damn (laughs) likable they just like aren't on brand (laughs) (laughs) sorry
2: um (laughs) So actually, so in 2014, I submitted a book. um, I called it IOU at the time. um, And it's about um, a semi-famous mega-broke black actress who uh, drives by a hit and run. And she's so broke that she decides she's going to try to solve that hit and run for the reward money. Um, And so that was my Pitch Wars novel in 2014. I ended up selling it uh, to an imprint called Midnight Inc., uh, and it came out. It was rebranded as Hollywood Homicide, and it came out in twenty. Oh, good lord! It came out twenty seventeen, right? Yeah, it came yes. out twenty. It was like yes. forever. It came out in twenty seventeen, and um, it like I. It was interesting to be a debut. I was the same year as Kristen, so we were mm-hmm. able to talk to each other. And it did. It it got good reviews. Got a couple star reviews. It won some awards, like it won the Agatha, the Lefty, and the Anthony Award, which are some big mystery awards for best first novel. Um, so that was exciting. And then the second one, because it was a series, came out in August: um, Hollywood Ending. And that one actually just was nominated for a Lefty Award for Best Humorous Novel. So. So yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not on brand with you guys, but, I feel <laughs> but like we funny, love your if you need a break, yeah, you can go for that. So
1: yes, if you need a break from all of the bitches and scheming <laughs> that we talk about on this podcast, Kelly's books are yeah. um, very refreshing, but
2: yeah, they're definitely um, they're beach reads and it's funny because I was actually um, NPR did an article on their website and it was like beach reads by people of color, you know, and mm. cause I think. I think a lot of times people assume because if you're a person, you know, a marginalized writer, person of color, you know, you're queer that you have to always have like your books have to, you know, be angsty and have to say something about the struggle, you know, and I don't mm-hmm. think cuz I always say like okay like straight white cis writers they have our readers they have they have the angsty books, but they also have the funny books and they have the good books, they have the bad books. I don't understand why marginalized writers, marginalized readers we can't have the same thing like why can't we have a whole range as well
1: yes we totally should
2: yeah so i know you agree with me Kristen. but absolutely
5: (laughs) (laughs) i love your book i'm from la and um and so, for those who haven't read, their setting is Los Angeles, and you lived in LA for a while. People
2: still think I live in LA because of the book. They're like, "People are like, let's go for drinks," and I'm like, "I would, but I'm in New Jersey. I won't make it in time." So, um. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh God, LA. I loved
5: it though. I, I in little moments, I felt like you were like making little jokes about LA, and I was just like with you, 100 percent laughing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I had a love-hate relationship with Los Angeles when I lived there. So That's I it, I think, it, yes, I think it's great <laughs> to visit. So whenever I visit, I have such a good time. But like, you know, the traffic and just especially so many people who are in entertainment, it's such a it's a weird place to be sometimes. So. All the time. <laughs> well, you said it. I didn't say that. I
5: didn't say that. <laughs> Yeah, those books are amazing though, and the main character—she's just—it's—it's it's like she's likable, but she's interesting, and she does fun things. I don't know, she's just a fantastic main character. Well,
2: thank you, I appreciate that. I'm glad you guys like her. I tried to make—I tried to make it, because um, it's an amateur detective novel. It's not like Kristen's, you know. So it's kind of like like what if like one of us was trying to investigate a crime like how would we do it and that was kind of like my goal with it like she's not like some super sleuth you know she's gonna mess up and she's gonna do like the most random ways to do it and i think that to me was the fun in writing it and i think hopefully that's also the fun in reading it so she's not veronica mars as some like (laughs) reviewers say you know so she's like the anti-veronica mars
5: (laughs) but i'll also say you didn't fall into that trap that people do with amateur sleuth novels sometimes which is that you you did make her too lucky have you ever seen that like where oh, people yeah. look yeah. into everything you didn't do that like it, yeah. it was it's very well written i believe um i'm like i think i used to tell krista i believe in an
2: active protagonist yeah <laughs> um and so I, I i especially with a lot of like, amateur detective novels they don't they just kind of like live their life and then all of a sudden it just falls in their lap and so that's I was, right like, no like she has to be active she has to be actively searching for this and i still tell um my mentees you know since then i've had two amateur detective novel mentees since um since Kristen, and so i'm always like look no there has to be an organic reason why this happened it just can't be like oh she thought about this just now because the story needs it you know Mm -hmm. so so i think that's partly is also my screenwriting background because i used to um, work in television and i have an mfa in screenwriting but um yeah i hate protagonists who aren't active so
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for joining us. And we should have you back some time and just talk about like crime writing. It'll be like and... the happy episode. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll need that at some point. We have a lot of darkness around here. So that would yeah. be perfect. We'd well, love to have you back sometime.
1: Even if even though you write likable characters, um, I'm sure you have a lot to say about feminism and thrillers in general. So, you think I you
2: think I have a strong opinion on things, Kristen? I do. <laughs> I
1: ha- I have this feeling that you just might have strong opinions, Kelly. <laughs> oh
2: my god. Um this is uh, but I so when I won the Agatha Award, I basically someone said I basically blasted the entire room. Um, and so I was like cuz I was talking about basically diversity and how it it should not be a trend. Um and so but I didn't feel like I was blasting the entire room. I felt like I was like, I have this stage now that I people are going to listen and I should say, you know, an important thing, which is that diversity in crime fiction should not be a trend. It should be, I think, status quo is what I said at another place. So um, so yeah, I don't, I feel like I am very opinionated, but hopefully I do it in a, a, a nice way. <laughs> yes, of course, of course.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're so right that it should not be a trend. That is like, yeah. if you, if anyone takes away one piece of information from this episode, take away that.
0: Yes. Yeah. So.
1: Okay. Thank you so much, Kelly.
2: Of course, you guys. Thank you for featuring Pitch Wars in this episode.
1: Yes, we're excited for the the world at large to. Learn I'm about. so
2: excited for all three of your min- your mentees. I really am. So, yeah. I know. I know. Um, two of them were uh, better than I know Elaine's mentee, but um, I'm just super excited for them.
0: So. My mentee is such a rock star. I'm so excited sure. for everyone to see her entry and I mean, she's just delightful
2: <laughs> I, I when we during the sub period lane was just like talking about like how she already was in love with her and i was kind of jealous i was like oh my god she's already found her one you know <laughs>
0: so. <laughs> so i am here with my pitch Wars mentee hallie sutton hi hallie hi lane thank you so much for having me And uh, Hallie, as you know, one of the things that drew me to your book immediately was the unlikable female characters in it. Um. (laughs) There's many.
6: There's quite a few.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to we're going to talk about them. But it really was um, from the very first chapter, the voice of your main character. I was like, I love this bitch and I want to spend a (laughs) lot of time with her. And that was why I picked
6: you. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so Um, glad you did, too. Thank you.
0: So let's just start off by if you could describe your book, The Lady Upstairs, in one sentence or, or you know, two. I'll allow
6: it. <laughs> okay. Um. So one sentence, I would say, femme fatale run blackmail schemes turn deadly.
0: Ooh, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> we should use that in your pitch, maybe. i
6: strongly considering it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it. Okay. Um. So tell me about the unlikable women in your book. I know there are indeed several, which is why I love it so much.
6: Thank you. Um, yeah, I would actually say, I mean, I know we're here for unlikable female podcasts, but pretty much everybody in my book is unlikable to some degree. Um, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, um, so my main character, Joe is a uh, pretty like textbook unlikable. She's bitchy, manipulative, snarky, um, doesn't really care about being likable, which I think is a big thing for unlikable female characters. What makes them unlikable? Um, hard drinking and you know, not apologetic about what she wants. And I have never had so much fun writing anybody. Um, I've never liked a character so much.
0: Yeah, I just treasure her. Like, I want to spend all my time with her.
6: (laughs) Me too. She's such a bitch. Thank you. (laughs) Then I've done my job. Um, (laughs) Joe, my main character is definitely um, kind of a throwback to some of the noir private investigators like Philip Marlowe, um, who is, you know, not necessarily a very likable character, although no one ever talks about his likability or not. And uh, Joe is unlikable, but I like her very much. And um, there's other unlikable women in my book, in particular, uh, Ellen, who is the um, the woman that Joe is working with to kind of seduce and take down this uh, Harvey Weinstein-esque producer who's kind of a notorious casting couch king. And Ellen is more unlikable. She's certainly unlikable to Joe. Uh, She's kind of bubbly, airheaded, not that bright. And um, one thing that I thought was really interesting about likability and female characters was that uh, I wrote this book partially during grad school. And when I was workshopping the book, people had a very divided reaction to Ellen. Um, the men did not find her that unlikable and the women were like, she's the worst, I want Joe to slap her.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> that's yeah. really
6: interesting. Yeah. I wonder
0: if it's because, like, I don't know, men, they like women like that. I um, think that's like part of it. sleep with them at
6: least. Totally. I think there was, I, I remember getting notes about it and one guy in my class was like, yeah, she's not great, but you know, she's not the girl you marry, she's the girl you sleep with. And I was Ugh. like, oh. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <She's> honest. <laughs> exactly. It, it was honest. And um, yeah, it just made me think about, you know, in terms of likability for female characters, I do think that there's actually a divide um, between what's likable for women and what's likable for men. And um, I think Ellen, Ellen and Joe fall on opposite sides of that divide.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast before that I find that I personally don't like the characters who are more traditionally feminine or bubbly perky whatever mm-hmm. um that that's the kind of character that i read and i'm like oh just slap her i hate her right uh, which is internalized misogyny as we <laughs> know but yeah same it's, oral reaction
6: <laughs> yes totally definitely Um, So I would say those are kind of my two most polar unlikable female characters, both of whom were super fun to write. And then um, the other really strong female character in my book is Lou, who is Joe's co-worker and Joe's in love with her, but kind of doesn't want to admit it. And I would say for the majority of the book, you think Lou is maybe more likable, but in some ways she's the most unlikable character.
0: (laughs) I, yeah, I love Lou as well. I mean, she's like super sexy and just really fascinating. Um, you never you. quite know where you stand with her, which is what makes it so fun. Thank um, you. Awesome. So why did you enter Pitch Wars?
6: Yeah, I knew that my manuscript needed something. Um, I had worked and reworked and rewritten it and scrapped it a bunch of times and I, um, I felt so strongly connected to Joe as a character and also just the story, but I couldn't quite make it work as a book. Um, and I had tried a little bit of submitting to agents and um, it, it just was kind of clear that the book still needed work. and Uh, So that's the first part. So it was on my mind that I knew that I needed something with the book, and I wasn't sure how to get there. But then the second thing, and this is a little bit um, Lane Fargo stocky, which is that I submit or I subscribe to publisher's lunch. And I remember seeing a logline come through for temper that called it a workplace noir set in Chicago's indie theater scene. And I was like, (laughs) I want to go to there. I can't wait to read that book. So when I saw that you were on pitch wars, it sealed it for me. I was like, I have to submit, I have to submit it to her. I was and I feel so lucky and grateful that you picked me. But like, it was kind of a combination of um, seeing somebody that I was really interested in their work and the possibility of working with you and also knowing that my book uh, wasn't quite there but I didn't know how to get it there
0: oh I didn't even know that I didn't (laughs) know that you saw the announcement for temper yes my editor actually came up with that uh the workplace noir thing like in our first call together we were talking about um She's like, "Oh yeah, there's like domestic noir, but yours isn't domestic, it's like workplace noir." And yes. I was like, "I love you, please buy my book."
6: <laughs> no, that's <laughs> fabulous. It's a great great a uh, great line, great description for it.
0: Yeah, and for me, uh your book was the first one where I read your your query and sample pages and you're the first one that I marked as like I must request this and then oh. I fell in love with it so fast. Um Wendy can tell you because we were DMing the entire submission period that I was I was so intense about your book. I was like standing on top of it velociraptor screeching at anyone who got near it, I was like, this one's mine. Go away. Um, So, yeah, it was a love connection for both of us, I think. It meant to
6: be. Thank you. That makes me feel great. Thank you.
0: (laughs) So what has been uh, the best slash worst thing about the Pitch Wars process? Because I know like it's there's good stuff, but then it is very stressful. I went through it myself. So I know.
6: Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's so many best things. I think I've expanded my community and my tribe of, you know, ladies who don't care about being likable. Um, and I think that's invaluable, my writing community. Um, also, you recommended before we even started really talking about um, revisions that I read Save the Cat. And say the cat writes a novel and I will never write another book without it. So that was like an invaluable piece. I mean, it was kind of like after that, I was like, oh, I'm glad I spent all that money on grad school. I could have read this book. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's um, how I feel about it I did not go to grad school for writing and I'm like, I don't need it. I got the book. Yeah, it's amazing.
6: Exactly. Everyone uh, should read it. <laughs> yeah. So it just, I think that makes me a better writer um, for all of my books going forward. So I think that's fabulous. And, um, Honestly, working with you has been the best thing. You have such great oh. notes and so fabulous. And coming out of this with a better, stronger book, I mean, it's everything I could have hoped for. I, I feel incredibly lucky.
0: I feel so lucky to have you as my mentee. Oh, thank um, you. This has just been so much fun for me, too. Like, every time I go back to read your work again and give you notes, it's just it's it's like what I save as a reward at the end of my day. I'm like, oh, yes, I get to read
6: Hallie's book. That warms <laughs> my heart. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then the worst thing, it is it's hard to think of a worst thing, honestly. Uh, that may be because I feel like we're over the hump of uh, Pitch Wars. Um, but I, it was hard for me to get back in a place of generating new material and not hating it. I had been kind of revising parts that I had worked on for so long that I felt like they had gotten to a certain point of being good and then having to write new material and just being like, oh, I'm trash at this. I'm the worst. This is awful. <laughs> um, with a hard space to be back in. But I think it was also a good reminder because, you know, I want to write more books after this. So I'm going to have to be dealing with those same fears and insecurities and anxieties going forward. It was just a uh, that wasn't fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that never goes away. And especially if you have something polished, and you're having to put in new material in a later draft, it feels like you're drawing stick figures all over this like beautiful painting. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> kind of exactly.
6: And looking back at it and being like, how was I that writer, you know, forgetting that I'd been tinkering with that for a year and a half. And that's why it was good. Like, <laughs> it was a yeah. different experience. <laughs> totally.
0: Um, all right. So who is your favorite unlikable woman in fiction, pop culture, what have you?
6: Great. Uh, Yeah, I have, I had a hard time narrowing it down for this question. So I picked three and I'll be quick. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, In history, I would say my favorite unlikable woman is probably Martha Gellhorn, who was uh, Hemingway's third wife and was the only one of his wives to leave him. And I just thought she lived a very fascinating life and didn't really care, um, you know, if she was considered likable or not particularly uh, in the wake of being attached to Hemingway. Um, On TV, my favorite unlikable woman is Rebecca Bunch on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That is... Yes, I love her. It's so good. (laughs) It's one of my favorite shows. (laughs) And I just, I, yeah, she's fabulous. Um, And then in terms of books, I picked Mary Cat Blackwood from We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. Um, Ooh, yeah and,
0: that's a great one. Yeah,
6: just snarky, unhinged, dangerous, uh, everything everything unlikable. Um, but also for the record, I am wildly pro Amy Dunn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, another recruit for team Amy. I team love Amy it. yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Um, And then my last question for you is, do you have any reading goals for 2019 that you want to share? Particular books or general goals?
6: Sure. Um, It is always my goal to kind of read as diversely and widely as possible, both in terms of authorship and also genre. Um, And so this year I want to read more poetry and more books in translation that aren't from Western countries um but also in terms of specific books ones that i've had by my nightstand that i haven't read that i'm like i am getting to these this year are Vera Caspery's Laura, um, The Old Noir, and Suzanne Lemmes' In Danger, which is a collection of noir poetry. So that's not super diverse in terms of genre, but that's where I am. And I am also very excited about this book coming out this summer called Temper by Lane Fargo. <laughs> and I have already had the opportunity to read it and it's fabulous and I can't wait to reread it and have everybody go nuts about it.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us on the podcast and best
6: of luck in the agent round. Thank you so much for having me. And I love the podcast. And hi, Wendy. Hi, Kristen. <laughs> I
1: am super excited to get to introduce my Pitch Wars mentee to our wonderful audience. I have Nigar Alam with me.
4: Uh, hi, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah,
1: thank you for joining me. Now, you are in Minnesota, is that right? That is right.
4: I'm in Minneapolis, a suburb of Minneapolis. Yep.
1: We like to bitch about the weather a lot on this <laughs> podcast, so what did, what did you got?
4: It's actually really nice. It's hovering just around freezing, and it's sunny, so okay. I, can't, I can't complain. Um, That's I fair be- enough. I don't want to jinx it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's actually shockingly nice here too. But like when we have really nice days in like the middle of winter, I get really suspicious.
4: I know what's going to come now.
1: Right. It it makes it hard to enjoy it because it's like this is nice, but you just know that there's like snow on the way and it's going to be terrible. So, okay. So now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about your book. Uh, You will probably come to find that – As an author, people are asking you all the time, tell me about your book. And it honestly never gets that much easier. So uh, here's just good practice. Tell us about it.
4: It's super hard to talk about it. And I don't know why, but for some reason, it it is. So this is my attempt at it. Um, My book is called The Heat of the Midday Sun. And it's set in the 1990s in Karachi, Pakistan. It's narrated by two people, 16-year-old Layla and her father's mistress. So the story starts when Layla's father is murdered in the Karachi Desert, and he leaves behind this mystery about Layla's past. And she's naive and protected and just afraid of what that past might be, especially when all sorts of secrets start dropping around her about children going missing and child trafficking. So she would rather just stay safe and protected in her existing life. But when this self-absorption and indifference of hers causes harm to people around her, she has to act. And she has to look beyond her privilege and help the people around her before more people get hurt. And in doing this, Leila uncovers her own identity. So that is basically Layla's arc in the story.
1: Yes, that is a very good description of it and I know that I'm the only one who's gotten to read it so far, yes. but it's amazing. Um, <laughs> Thank and you. I'm, I'm super excited about the job that you've done on the revisions, it's all really, really good.
4: Well you are just an amazing mentor. I mean, I was just telling a friend of mine that what I've gotten out of Pitch Wars is to date, is so much more than I could have imagined that I'm just so grateful to the organizers and to you, Kristen, for all the time that you put in.
1: Oh, you're so sweet. I promise I didn't pay her to say that either. Um, <laughs> but so this podcast is called Unlikable Female Characters. Um, so let's talk about the two women in your book. Um, I I would say that they both have gotten, they, they both have some of this, unlikable difficult women going on and i love it so let's hear a little bit about that
4: well i think uh the second narrator the father's mistress is is the most unlikable Mm -hmm. and she but i do love her too um she's she's unlikable in a fantastic way because um it's very attractive i think Uh, she's calculating and she's manipulative um, and she's just done with the world and <laughs> she <laughs> she's is. yeah, she's just done with everyone who's wasting her time and uh, she's not at all nurturing <laughs> um, <laughs> no. she's she's selfish, which is very unladylike um, but she's driven and she's a survivor, and she's not apologetic
1: That's really true, and it's so it's so hard to talk about unlikable women that we love because we're always like they're unlikable but we like them so it's it's just sort of like unlikable sort of become a a catch-all term for women who aren't behaving in a ladylike way um but at the same time readers like us we see these characters and like we just love them we love it when women aren't acting in the way that they're expected to act that's where all of the good storytelling stuff comes from
4: i think so i think it's unexpected Mm -hmm. and it's just um very attractive yeah
1: Yes. And Layla, who is 16 at the start of the novel, she is not cold and calculating the way her father's mistress is, but she definitely goes on a journey of learning about herself and learning about the way the world works and her place in it as the story goes on. So she sort of goes from being sheltered and naive uh, to being more mindful of the type of world that she's living in. And so that arc changes her likability in a way, uh, but I think that she's really a character that you root for all along. So the juxtaposition between Layla and Ghazala is very pleasant, I think.
4: Oh, thank you. Um, That was the goal, just to see the the same situation with two different sets of eyes and um, how each woman uh, deals.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. The best stories come from a place of like that that contrast I think when you don't have contrast you don't have a story and so I think that's what's really wonderful about this book
4: well thank you Uh, you've you've made it what it is so (laughs) (laughs) thank you
1: so let's talk about why you decided to enter Pitch Wars this year was it your first time entering
4: it was my first time actually I just learned about it a few months before the submission window opened and um, I, I I felt that I, it was just perfect timing because I needed help in bringing it to another level, the manuscript to another level. I had done, a lot of beta readers had helped me. Um, I have critique partners. I took classes, critique classes and craft yeah. classes, workshopped the manuscript. So I felt that I had reached a, a place where I could do no more uh, without getting the distance. And the only way I could get the distance was if I get someone Else other than me. Right. Um, so that's why I entered Pitch Wars. I really needed the guidance, um, the experienced guidance. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, and, and it's just more than I could have imagined, just tremendous help.
1: It's really interesting when you get to that place where you're like, okay, I've done everything I can do with this. And like, I know it's not perfect, but I also don't know what's not perfect you just reach a point where you can't even really see it anymore you can't see your own work clearly it can be really hard and you know beta readers are great but they can only take you so far um and you know when i before i entered pitch horse for the first time uh in 2015 i guess it was um I had had some beta readers and people were like I love it and it's perfect and I'm like well okay I know it's not perfect so you know I entered it and my mentor Kelly Garrett um, who is our amazing pitch wars leader now but who was a lowly mentor at the time she was a first year mentor then uh, her her feedback on my story was I love it but we have to change the entire plot um,
4: wow are you serious <laughs>
1: Yeah, so the the beginning and the end of the story remain basically the same, but the entire middle, like how my main character arrives at her conclusions and even really the way it's set up, uh all of that changed. I basically rewrote the entire middle of it during pitch wars. And Oh my goodness. She was so right about every single thing. And like you get to just a point with your own work where like you're trying to edit what's there you can't really see like where there are holes or or what should be there like it's you know sort of like absolutely ironing a garment rather than sewing something from scratch you just like lose the the ability to see what it could be
4: yes absolutely that's uh, you know i totally understand that because when you send me um notes uh like your edit letter which did take me a week to <laughs> 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 to absorb i kind of peek at it and then I'd go yeah. away and you know <laughs> so but but after you say things I'm like oh well of course you know that's <laughs> that's what it was supposed to be that's what I need to do but I don't I can't get to that conclusion myself
1: yeah it's uh it's just such a great opportunity to work with someone who's sort of gone through it before uh it's just it's really awesome so Let's talk about the best and the worst parts of Pitch Wars. And you can say, like, my long ass edit letter was the worst. (laughs) Uh, But just like anything from like, you know, waiting to hear about who the mentees would be or, you know, uh, any kind of things that were unexpectedly difficult. Let's hear it.
4: Well, I think the best I have mentioned, it's this one on one guidance that we get on our manuscript, which is uh, which you just can't get any other way. Um, and it's it's just invaluable your time for us. And the worst is hard for me to to think of, because there isn't any I didn't expect to be selected, so <laughs> the, the waiting period really wasn't um stressful for me i was just like well i'm just gonna do this and nice. then there'll be silence and then i'll get on with my life <laughs> so that was a, that was a, an amazing surprise but i think in the worst would be we have about a hundred mentees and we have a, a facebook group in which we're very close we share a lot of our um the stages that we're at and our achievements um our failures as well And I think the hardest part, the worst part, is the comparison. Yes. We suffer a lot for that. A lot of people, you know, post things like that, that, you know, I feel like I'm a loser, I'm behind. And it's so hard not to compare, because <laughs> we're like this, we're in a class together, you know right, right. And some people are ahead, they're just finished, they're finished. they're done with everything. Mm-hmm. And some people are just submitting their first uh, revisions. So I think that is a very difficult thing, And I'm sure in, in the writing and industry, in the publishing industry and in the career as well, uh, if, if we're lucky to have one, that will continue that comparison
1: it's so true uh, it really never goes away uh, I know that like there's a tendency to think like you know oh once someone has a book deal all of this like neurotic uh, obsess- obsession goes away or all of this insecurity goes away it like totally does not go anywhere um, it's just like it you stay the same person even as you sort of experience these Wonderful like professional successes, you still are that person who is like, "Oh i but I didn't get that, or I didn't do that yet, or no one asked me to do that, or I'm really behind um so yeah, basically, pittourrus is just like an it's like a little like mini version of publishing, there's just so much that there are like these parallels, like, it, you know, it'll be really difficult when you get to the agent round and there's stuff happening and it's so exciting and like the weight just seems unbearable, but it's like, that's just really good practice for being on submission or having, you know, a bunch of queries out to agents. Um, you kind of just have to wait and like the industry definitely does not care that you want to know right now you know like right it does not matter yes <laughs> and like you know you really start to realize like oh i'm not even special in my wanting to know right now everybody wants to know right now but it's just not how it works um so it's definitely good practice um yeah so uh, we still have almost a month i guess right until the the big conclusion. that's right yes yeah. um but like hopefully you'll see it the same way the ultimate goal of pitch wars is, is to come out of it with a stronger manuscript the agent round and all that is just it's just like icing on the cake it's not the the be-all and end-all um the main thing is that like you come out of it and you're like wow i actually feel a lot more confident about my work
4: Absolutely. Yes. I I think that is that that's the number one takeaway. And then the number two is the community. It's um, and then, you know, it just grows from from your pitch wars class. It just expands even beyond just being part of this. So that.
1: Yeah, it really is amazing to have that community and to have people who are like at the exact same spot as you are through this journey, you know, more or less, because people who aren't writers and who haven't Written a manuscript and haven't done the research to know what is involved, like they don't understand this process at all. Like, you say, I wrote a book, and they're like, Cool, when's it coming out? Like, I (laughs) don't understand.
4: (laughs) That's the second question. (laughs) Yes, actually, that is the first question. And there's so much to do. It's, yeah, it's, you can't even begin to explain.
1: No. So it's really good to like to know people who get it and that you don't even have to bother explaining to because they understand. So it's really valuable, I think. Yes, it
4: is. Absolutely.
1: So let's talk a little bit about uh some of your favorite unlikable women in fiction or pop culture movies books whatever
4: wow well i think everyone's uh favorite or at least one of them would be amy from gone girl yes so i'm gonna gonna leave her for the world okay and um I, i was thinking that um, one of my recent favorites is Elizabeth Jennings from. Uh, it's a TV show. It's on Prime, yes. I think. The from Americans. the Americans. Yes, yes.
1: Yes, she was one of my uh, top picks when we did our first little episode talking about our favorites. That's so good, right? right? Like she's she just is so brutal.
4: Absolutely. And she she kept on surprising me with it. That was the thing. It wasn't like, okay, she's she's unlikable, but each time she was just worse and worse. (laughs) I I think maybe now she'll go and like hug her children or something, but nope, (laughs) (laughs) that didn't happen. Right.
1: She just like does not have those like traditionally feminine mothering instincts at all. She just rejects them. Right. Absolutely.
4: um, I think uh, I read a book recently called The Luckiest Girl Alive, mm-hmm. and yes. the the girl in in the character, the main character, I don't know how to pronounce it, I always, when I was reading it, I pronounced her name Annie Fanelli, because yes. she's, she acted like an Ani, um, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's Annie. I think it's
1: Ani. I always thought it was okay. Ani, too. but Oh, okay. But, Good. I mean, maybe we're both wrong. I don't know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so she's, you know, she's just so shallow and judgy. Um, and she's just trying to show the people who bullied her, they're trying to show them up by becoming them, you know. Um, so she was, um, but her arc was, was really fantastic. I enjoyed that.
1: Nice. Yes. Um, I am so excited that you mentioned The Americans because, like, I just adore that show so much.
4: It was an excellent show. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I keep wanting to, like, rewatch it, having experienced the suspense of it already, like, to rewatch it to see what I missed because it's so suspenseful, especially in, like, the first season. You're just like, oh. So
4: it was I, like a slow burn, you know? It wasn't compared to some shows that are just action, action, you know, especially spy shows, you know, but this was just really kept you on edge throughout. So
1: good. All right. One more question for you. Do you have any reading goals for this year?
4: Well, my reading goals are always based on recommendations. That's Mm. how I, that's how I choose what to read. So my community has increased, so much this Mm -hmm. year that I think I'm going to be focusing a lot on um, pitch for mentors books
1: Nice.
4: Yes. And I've already started on that. Um, I also take, you know, podcast recommendations and libraries, bookstores. That's just how I choose what to read. Um, and I, though my, my favorite genre is the suspense thriller mystery genre, I do read some memoirs and you know literary fiction and, and, and I love craft books too. Mm. I, I really enjoy them and I'm always looking for recommendations about them so
1: very cool well, on that yeah. note I will tell you have you read um, Story Trump's Structure by Stephen James
4: I haven't I'm going to write that down it's so yeah. good yes if
1: you like craft books you're going to be all over it
4: okay it's
1: really good um, and then also we have kind of a, a running recommendation on this podcast which is Social Creature by Tara Isabella Burton have you read that I haven't oh man get that one first because okay it's so good so
4: good. Well, thank you for these. I mean, this, <laughs> the, this is the only way I decide what to read because I just trust people, you know? Yeah. I think uh, that's word of mouth is the best. It definitely is. Yes.
1: Yes. So thank you so much for chatting with me today.
4: Thanks so much for having me. All right. Well, Wanda,
5: I would love to welcome you to our program. Thank you for coming on the Unlikable Female Characters podcast.
3: Thank you for having me. I'm excited.
5: <laughs> well, I have had the pleasure of talking to you many times, Wanda, and it's been such a pleasure working with you on um, on Pitch Wars. I, I really feel like we were meant to work together. It's just been such a pleasure. I love your book so much. Um, and I just wondered, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you ended up signing up for
3: Pitch Wars? Sure, um, so I am a practicing attorney. I work inside of a um, a Fortune 500 company and the legal department and um, I always had this idea kind of noodling actually several ideas noodling around in my head and um, I finally decided to get serious about my writing and I wrote this book, The Elephant Fighter. Um, I always felt like the story was important, um, but I didn't know whether I was conveying it um, the right way. And um, I learned about pitch wars, um, really kind of through happenstance, just researching. Um, And when I learned what it could do for my book, I think the two kind of things melded together, like I could find mentorship to help me uh, make sure that the ideas that I was trying to convey through my book uh, would get honed and polished uh, by a published author, and that idea really appealed to me. in all candor i went back and forth about whether to enter because like most writers you know i wake up one day and my story is glorious and delightful and wonderful and then i'll wake up the next day and it's all a large pile of crap um so i went that never goes away by the way oh no don't tell me that but um, like I said the idea of um, spending some time with a published author that would kind of help me figure out you know all the you know foibles and faults in my book and correct them and get it to a polished state where I could find an agent just really appealed to me so here we sit
5: so you have a book That you're working on. This book is called The Elephant Fighter. And I, when I was looking through my pile of submissions, you know, the thing that struck me about this was I was like, wait, are you kidding me? Is this like a a how to get away with murder book? Like, is this like a thriller in that vein? Oh my God, I have to read more of this. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Elephant Fighter, the book that you are working on?
3: Sure. I'll start off with the title because um, the few people who know about it have asked me, wow, that's an interesting title, where they come from. And it comes from an African proverb that says, when elephants fight, the grass suffers, Uh, which kind of translates into when the big boys decide to fight, it's usually the little people um, who suffer as a result of all of their um, infighting. The book is about a woman who um, is (laughs) complicated um, in so many ways, but um, underneath it all she has this kind of quest to do the right thing. She doesn't always make the right decisions, I guess I should put it, and when she um, uncovers um, A murder in the company that she works for she kind of sets off to find out kind of what has happened Um, and she discovers that there's a lot more to um, what is going on inside the company beyond just this um, murder Um, and the idea um, I guess it came about because I love to read, you know, thrillers, but I never see an African American protagonist who brings down the bad guys. Um, and I mean, by that I mean there are lots that are police officers or detectives, but I don't usually see a lot who are just kind of ordinary people doing their jobs and then kind of stumble into what they stumble into. I see it all the time with white male characters, um, and some of my favorite authors. Um, but I didn't see, um, that kind of protagonist, um, on the bookshelves when I go to look for it. So I thought I'd write about one.
5: One thing that, um, strikes me about your main character in this book that I really appreciated right from the beginning was that You have this main character, Elise, who's, you know, she's searching for, it's, you know, it's essentially an amateur sleuth kind of a a plot Mm -hmm. arc, right? You know, she's trying to figure out, you know, what happened with this murder. But, you know, she has a lot of, you know, complications in her past. She has maybe um, not the most ideal, you know, relationship history at the same time. She doesn't have that thing that I feel like people do to quote unquote unlikable female characters a lot, where they make them it's like, okay, so you're gonna be a badass, like assassin, right? And like, she has no soul, <laughs> like she's just devouring men. Which in some ways is like just as annoying as the opposite, you know, mm-hmm. because it's almost like it's not letting women have this nuance, this like complication of character where you can have a hard time telling the truth, but you can also be really loving. You can have this complicated relationship past with married men, but that could be for a good reason, you know, like, and I feel like you really did a, a good job of giving that to her.
3: Thanks. Um, that was kind of my intention. I um, It really pleases me that you say that. Um, because that was the whole idea. It's like I read books about, yep. like you say, badass, you know, female characters, and you know, they're slinging a gun, and you know, they're kicking guys in the crotch, and you know, they're wearing <laughs> black leather pants. And no one can wear those. <laughs> no
5: one wears that. That's not a thing. You know, right? They don't I think a
3: special woman to wear those. glasses. Well, you you're even absolutely right. Dude, like kickboxing in, in exactly. black leather pants. Exactly. Exactly. And none of that is Elise Littlejohn who is the the protagonist in the book. That is just not who she is. And um to your point, you know, she she is a badass in her own way, you know, she's like She's had a lot of really, you know, kind of wildly traumatic stuff happen to her. And she kind of overcame all that and she becomes this really successful lawyer and um, she's really smart. So in her own way, she's a badass. Now, you know, like I said, she makes some bad decisions. Um, She's, you know, she tends to trust some of the wrong people, but who hasn't in life? and so we're striving to make her kind of like a real person in in that regard like i said she's not a detective she's not a police officer she doesn't carry a gun but she has this way that she's determined to bring these guys down and she uses the one you know resource she does have which is you know her brains and her intelligence and you know her life experience
5: you know i was just thinking as you were talking i feel like i've been thinking about this a lot lately because of politics but you know i think that with men we accept this idea that if a man is really successful in his career like he's putting in 80 hours a week 70 hours a week into this big career like doctor lawyer politician you know we understand that it's hard to maintain Healthy family relationships like that. Like, they're not always going to be the best husbands. They're not always going to be the best dads. They're going to be absent at home a lot. Like, we kind of accept that with um, our male characters or our male figures. But I find it, I always find it frustrating that with women, you know, it's like, yeah, she's successful, but is she a good wife? You know, yeah, right. she's successful, but is she a good mother? And I feel like Elise might be a character that is, um, allowed to be very successful at work and then kind of also, you know, have that thing that successful people have sometimes where they don't have the best
3: personal lives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, she has, for example, she has a brother, um, that, you know, she doesn't have a very good relationship with despite the fact that she loves them. They just have a contentious relationship. Um, she doesn't have much of a personal life because to your point, to be successful, she had to let some things fall by the wayside. And so, you know, going out for drinks with the girls on Friday, you know, maybe there was a time that she could do that. But then she got to a point where, you know, I got all this other crap going on in my life that you know I can't get together with the girls on Friday and so to your point it's like yeah men are allowed to do this and I even think sometimes they're allowed you know kind of that they're forgiven for it you know it's kind of like oh well you know that's okay because um, but women aren't and um, I make this joke with some of my girlfriends that you know gosh, I got so much going on personally. You know, I've got a young son and I work a full-time job and you know, I'm trying to be a good sister and a good friend and all this. I'm like, jeez, I need a wife. You <laughs> know, I, I gotta get myself one of those things <laughs> one day.
5: <laughs> so Wanda, this is a very important question that we need to ask you. And that question is, do you have an unlikable female protagonist or character
3: that you would like to tell me about. What's your favorite? You know, when you first went after we talked, and you selected my manuscript, and you're like, "Yeah, have you ever watched the show How to Get Away with Murder?" I was like, Dude, have I ever? <laughs> i like, you know, I am just like enamored with um, Annalise uh, yeah. because, again, she is this very outwardly, you know, structured, got it together, um, successful woman Mm -hmm. and inside and, you know, the the personal life she leads is just a wreck. Mm -hmm. And I like that dichotomy because, you know, while each of us may not have these extremes that we find like, you know on TV I think we all have that kind of nobody is like all one thing you know we all have those weird kind of thoughts that you think ooh if my friends ever knew I think this or something like that and I think each one of us has that so I love her character because the way um, Shonda Rhimes, who you know, I absolutely adore. She's amazing. She really is. the The way she has put that character together, you know, you're like, I, 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 love her. I hate her because this woman is everything that you think. Wow, that's so bad. And then other times you think, Wow, that's so good. I feel so in bad for her. So, I, I think she has to be um, one of my favorites too so I think when you first said that you know I nearly fell out of my chair because it was like oh my gosh yeah because <laughs> I can see exactly what you're where you're trying to do with it and that's a nice feeling to feel like okay it's working yeah exactly without like you know, kind of writing a character you know from first I think my character differs from that one in some regard but again they're both kind of you know complicated women and like I said you know my character doesn't carry a gun and she doesn't know you know karate or anything you know she doesn't have any ninja moves but she's smart and so hopefully she relies on that to get her through that's what I like about female characters, too. I mean, it's great when women carry guns, too, Lord knows, but it's great when they tap into some other resources, too, whether it is using kind of their intellect or humor or whatever, you know, skill or asset that they have. I like it when women use what they have to get what they want.
5: Well, Well, in conclusion, this is what I want to tell you. I want you promise me that no matter what happens with this manuscript, I want you to keep writing complicated
3: women because you do it so well. Thank you, thank you, thank you, a thousand thank yous to you, Wendy. Well,
5: thank you, Wanda. Thank you for coming on, and um, and everyone, keep your eyes open for this woman because she's doing some some really innovative things in this genre, and uh, I can't, I could be more excited to see to see what's next for you.